podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppen Frackers. and welcome to this week's episode of Cophead Fracker, proudly powered by Twitch Line Media Group. I'm your host this week, Chris, and before I delve into who is joining me this week in this uh, lovable group of cast of characters, I just want to give a massive shout out to all of the infamous Cophead 5 legends that turned up uh, to help us cruise to victory. I'm hoping so, Annie. Did we cruise to victory? Oh, we didn't lose. Put it that way, we didn't lose, but there were some good performances on the show. <laughs> so a resilient <laughs> points gained. There we go. We didn't exactly. cruise to victory, but... Uh, Kept that pride. So I just want to thank Jordan, Jordi, Dwayne Porter, who scored two goals and one assist. Massive shout out to you, my guy. Uh, Kendi, Timmy, Amir and Jay, thank you so much for turning up and helping us maintain our good status in the Touchline Fives. So, on to the actual cast and character I've got joining me this week to talk about a massive week of all things LFC. I have Farouk. Yes, yes, yes. Happiest I've ever been as a Red Fan. <laughs> I was going to say, how, you, how are you? But I mean, the, the, the beaming smile on your face Honestly, is enough to know how good crazy. you are. It's a dream, but yeah. Let's go, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Um, we also are joined by, you've heard him already, we have Mr. Anik. How are you, sir? I'm good, thanks, Chris. Very good. Nice week for Liverpool. So yeah, keeping happy, keeping well. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you later on, don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're not safe. Um, I'm also joined by Julian. Good man, was good. I'm so happy, man. Six God has blessed us, you know, with an amazing 45 minutes, and I'm just, I'm happy, man. Happy, content with our midfield. 
45 minutes and a lot more good times to come. I mean, the stuff he accomplished in 45 minutes is just absolutely insane. Oh, we'll talk what about a guy. What a man. We'll talk about him later on. But we're also joined by Tay. How are you? I'm good, man. After a long two months of moaning at FSG, <laughs> I'm happy. That's, that's, you know what I say? Moaning gets the job done. You know what I mean? And you can complain, you complain, you complain. You'll get results in the end, man. That's just how it is. It's how it is in every walk of life. And, you know, we've been blessed with two amazing signings and hopefully we've got one more on the way. Fingers crossed. Last but not least, we are joined by the man himself. Ellis, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very well. So, let's dig into our game from Sunday. Uh, we played um, a team who are notoriously being bigged up this season because of the signings that they've made. Um, and to be fair, let's say they've made some decent signings. I mean, one of one of the men they signed, I was vehemently against, and looks like my uh, prediction was proved rightly at the weekend. Mr. Timo Werner looked like a bit of a fat pudding out there on the, uh, on the pitch. But, you know, hopefully, you know, Man was saying he was walking to our front for it, but I'm not too sure about that. I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to take my claim in the ground already, man. You know what I mean? I'm going to be very shameless with this. I know when you saw him miss that, I was just thinking, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> it, it took a lot in me, right? It took a lot in me to see. Okay, I wanted to see. I was like, let me wait till the 90s over because he might score. You never know what, you never know. You never know what goes on in these games. So I thought, uh, nah, man. He scuffed that. He scuffed them all last season as well. But at the end of the day, look who came up with the one, you know, with the, with the assist and the goal contribution. It was oh the, the man, the most, the maligned, the most hated, the that most... nasty, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> nasty. That is sticking in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I check the stats, the stats are going to say, certain man, and a certain man... You have not backed Firmino for months. And it, yes. it, just, it just took one performance. The nasty. Number nine, you know. Shameless. And then, uh, you know, I'm not even going to say that because I'm happy about, about, about the results. So, yeah, let's just let's, let's be positive. Positivity! <laughs> it was a lovely, a lovely, well-earned and fairly dominant performance against Chelsea 2 no win. Uh, Tay, I'll start off with yourself. I think we're all fairly... We weren't not, not confident going into the game. I know we thought that with the defensive issues from the week before, we were a little bit concerned about you know what that Chelsea front line might do. But when you saw that Chelsea team on paper versus what your expectations were, what were you thinking heading into the game? Um, I wasn't that worried. The only reason I was worried is because the week before I'd been chatting so much shit about Havertz on Twitter. <laughs> I've TikToks of James Charles. I thought... It's going to backfire. He's going to have a moment. Oh, that's violent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I was a little bit worried about is Werner because against Brighton, I could see like his talent. I could see how quick he was. And obviously, we had Fabino at centre-back. He proved me wrong, but going in on face value, I was quite worried against him against Werner's pace, but he proved me wrong. <laughs> he was so good. Like He was a man of the match for me. Oh yeah, by by far. I mean, it is a weird one. I think it's when you see Matip injured yet again. I mean, Farouk, I'll I'll come to you on this one. Matip injured again. Thoughts on thoughts on him in general. <laughs> Do you know what with Matip? Yeah, I think <clears throat> similar thing. Not similar thing with Lovren. I don't think we should like let him go because you won't get a backup of that quality. Um, but 
again, I don't know if he's like adequate backup because he can't be relied upon. It's almost like every time Gomez is injured, he's injured too. It's like, what's the purpose of you being there? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think he has a good partnership with Van Dijk and he's really calm, you know, when we're playing. Like, like Gomez is a bit more aggressive and he engages a lot more. But I think Matip is a lot more composed than Gomez. I still think Gomez is better. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about Matip long term because it's, it's constant and he's only getting older. So, yeah. well, I, I don't know. Maybe we should cash in, but in my hearts of hearts, I know that whoever we buy to replace him wouldn't be as good as him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, the talent is undeniable, but I think with you know, with most things, you take reliability over the talent any yeah. day of the week, um, especially when we've only got three senior centre-backs at the club at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it's like you said, he had his opportunity, had he been healthy to step up this weekend, and he's been massively overshadowed by a massively impressive Fabino performance. Um, Alec, I'll come to you on this. Um, the first half, how did you feel about that? How did you feel that went? So, yeah, I think just touching on the Fabinho point, I think seeing him in the lineup initially, I was pretty worried, especially after the frailties in defence that we saw with against Leeds. So, looking at a lineup, I thought immediately what stood out to me was Fabinho, and I was like, oh, we could get exposed here. Um, but yeah, he proved me wrong. I'm sure other players will do as well in the future. But, um, yeah, on to the first half itself. Um, I, thought, I thought it was quite cagey. I, I really thought it was quite cagey. Really? Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't see enough Agreed. of us. I, I felt agree. we were just cancelling each other out. Chelsea, Chelsea yeah. had the better chances. Werner, touching on what Tay said earlier, like, this guy looks alive. He looks rapid. He looks alert to, to anything. And... To be honest with you, on his performance, I could see why we were definitely in for him. Um, but yeah, the first half itself, it was very cagey. I thought we cancelled each other out. It was a moment of brilliance, really, from, from Henderson to sort of unlock the defence. And then the, the penalty, uh, sorry, not the penalty, the red card. Obviously, they're going to, you know, everyone's going to turn around and say that changed the game. But it was reckless and, and madness from Christensen. And... Um, yeah, and I think it was put put in our chat. Um, the fact that it wasn't given as a red card initially just like shocked me. Like, thank mm. God for VAR because I know in seasons gone by that would have that would have been a yellow card and we would have carried on with eleven men. So um, yeah, <laughs> that thank God they uh, you know the officials went back and checked that. But yeah, the first half was good and obviously it just all all turned on the on the red card. I think it's interesting that um, a few of you said you were fairly found the first half a little bit cagey because it's kind of what I watched it back a little bit yesterday and in the moment I thought we we dominated them I mean we they ca- could not handle our press I mean you, you see what they were doing trying to do play the ball out from the back and build down and that outlet ball to Jorginho they were trying to do most of the time it got shut down and you could see with the pressure we were putting on it probably just to be a moment of a moment of time um, and it's like you said, Anik, as well. What their game approach was to do was to put Werner on Fabinho as much as possible, get that outlet ball out and make sure they had enough width to deal with that too. I think in the first half, we had full control of the game, but I think we didn't create enough chances. I can't think of any standout chances that we created in the first half. It wasn't until the red card happened. And it did change the game, because why wouldn't it? But I still think we would have won, because I think we would have gone into half time 
Klopp would have said, we need to be quicker, we need to make more chances. And then we've seen how many times we've gone in at half-time and then come out and scored straight away. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Do you think that that first half performance, Henderson injury or not, would have influenced him to make the Thiago change anyway? Nope. No. No, I think the, um, the, <clears throat> the Henderson injury forced his hand and brought on Thiago. So I, I don't think I'm sure Thiago would have come on probably like what 75. Um, but I think the Tia Henderson injury forced his hand. And going back to that first half, I think we did control the game constantly. Um, like you said, they did um stick out Werner a lot to the left hand side, probably to get the get better of Trent and Fabinho, who are both excellent on that side. Um I couldn't really see a way for them to play through us. The only option was to just go over the top and it wasn't going to work for them. But apart from that, there wasn't too many clear-cut chances in that first half. We had that chance with uh, Firmino when... Um, Christensen blocked it. Yeah, yeah. And Salah. Salah yeah, yeah. Cap on yeah, yeah. That was the only yeah. main chance we had. Nothing, nothing too major. But all in all, I think we did control that first half. But it was a bit cagey. I think um, I think we did well, but if you, yeah, it was in the first half. You know those two times I think Werner had Fabinho had, like had Werner one v one, right? If if you think about that, he shouldn't a centre back shouldn't be isolated one v one versus the left winger. So if he actually had some something about him one v one, I think we would have been exposed in that regard because he was he was killing us in that half space between Trent and Fabinho, and then isolating. Obviously, Fabinho 1v1, they were obviously targeting him. So, I think if he had something about him 1v1, let's say if that was Christian Pulisic, we would have been in trouble, I think, anyway, in the first half. But yeah, no, I, 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 think I agree with that. It was a bit cagey. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, whew, I think the, the man who inspired the Liverpool second-half performance, the man the man himself, the new signing, the number six, Thiago Akasianic, already... Uh, whew, <laughs> He's sweating. The boy's sweating. He's <laughs> <laughs> panicking. <laughs> Adam, Adam, what did you think of his performance? What did I think of his performance? I thought, oh, you know what? You've got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Look, <laughs> he's, he's, he only he only had he only had one training session, and you know he you know his his hand was forced. Um, so we we had no choice but to bring him on because Henderson got injured. So whether he came on or not is you know is another question. You know, he's, he, you can tell he's a model professional. You know, he came on and, you know, I think Klopp even said, just go out and play your game. So you've got to give credit where credit's due. He looked sharp. His passes were good. Louder. But he... <laughs> but, but the but to that is that he came on and he done exactly what we expected him to do. You know, a few passes here and there. 75, 75. He might make it... 75. Not in and around the... Oh, what, 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 in and around, in and around the centre circle. I mean, you can see he's going to add, you know, his sort of Spanish seasoning on the midfield. But <laughs> that's about it, really. Um, I don't think his performance, you know, we should be getting off our seats or, you know, screaming from the rooftops. I mean, 75 passes. You know, none of them were killer passes. None of them, you know, led actually led to the. Wait, 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 wait! Hang on a minute! Hang on a minute! That ball, that ball that he played to Vinaldo with the back post—that wasn't a killer pass. 
No, that was he was trying to Hollywood pass at the start of the second half. That, that, he that's, saw it. That's not right. Like, right, he saw it, but he didn't execute it though, did he? So uh, even even and, the goal and it, even the first goal, he had a chance to give it to Robbo and he declined it and he gave it into Trent, who then gave it into Salah, who then that was the goal. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But the goal, okay, no, okay. So he was part of the goal. There's 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 no doubt about that. He he was involved in the build up. But for me, the goal itself, it was Firmino that done the sharp one-two with Salah because it was a lot of this, you know, tiki-taka, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. And then when it went sorry, to Firmino... Was, sorry, it was who? <laughs> he was involved. <laughs> Mr. Alcantara was involved. Yeah. You change your phones right now. <laughs> but then, but it, it, was, it was Firmino that stepped it up. So they were keeping the ball, keeping the ball. And then it was Firmino that played the sharp one-two with Salah. He clipped over and, you know, Mane put it away. Can I you say something? Go on. Finish on Thiago. No, do you know what it is? I'm... Like, whatever anybody says in it, that's completely fine. The thing I found funny was that no matter what position a player was in, it was almost like the first thing they did when they got the ball was look for Thiago. Yeah. It was hilarious. And that tells you, Anik, yeah, the level of player that he is. Yeah, he's... He's a good player. He's, good. he's a good he's player. Good. No, he's great, man. He he's one of no, the most decorated player. footballers. He's one of the most decorated footballers in modern day football today. And you're talking like he's some any guy. Like, come on, like to be honest, yeah. In some in, in some ways, yeah, I'm gonna give Anik a bit of a blight. Like Tiago's performance, it was great. It was it was sick, but but this is where my butt comes in. But yeah, of course we're overgassing it because we've never seen a midfielder like this before. Even though he broke a record, yeah, which is amazing, like it was very you know what it is? It's the beauty in his simplicity, in his simplicity of the game that I find, which is which, which is what's amazing. Like we've not had a midfielder that can do what Thiago does, and that's get the ball under pressure, pass it off very quick without needing to take four or five touches, being able to even what find find passes that I've I haven't seen our midfield make, I haven't seen our midfielders like make in so consistently in the game. So honestly, Thiago had a great performance. Like for for forty five minutes. And against ten men as well, I'm I, I'm blown away. I'm not gonna be like I'm not gonna come on here and say like he had a Iniesta performance in in the Champions League final. Like no, I'm, it's not that. But from what we've seen from our midfielders, the stark contrast is definitely there. Especially compared to the first half, I can't I cannot lie to you. Like compared to yeah. the first half, um, with Winyard and Kate and was yeah with Kate um Kate starting, you you could tell the 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 tempo in our play just increased as soon as Thiago came on. I know, and, but yeah, no, no, it increased, and you know, he, he it was a bit quick and stuff. You know, he was getting about the pitch, but I mean, we we can't excuse the fact that he gave away a penalty. I mean, that is, that, that is inexcusable. That can be, it can be. It was on purpose. It was on purpose. I get you read the script. Yeah, exactly. 70K. You understand? It was, yeah, it was on purpose. So you see what he did? You know, he gave away the penalty. He went to Alisson. I, I know you're going to, by the grace of God, you are saving this penalty. Yeah. Jesus' name. You are saving this penalty. What happened? You saved the Confidence pen? increased. Confidence increased, Alisson. That Alison. is... It's the next wavelength. Alisson's been whacked, man. And then Thiago was like, bro, I can't lie. Now I'm here, yeah? No, he was sweating. Oh, he was sweating. I want to touch on Alisson after we talk about the first goal because the first goal is a work of art. Just okay. the way we move the ball, everything about it, just the, the interplay, the linking between the players, just absolutely superb and... You know, Sadio Mane just looking like an absolute... Uh, yeah. I've never seen a man of his stature head the ball so well. So well, man. So well. 
as well. Mm. He's, like, he's quite consistent with headers as well. Oh, like. no, he's funny. Yeah, tall as well. In- like, incredibly not, consistent. Not Van Dyke height either, so no. yeah. Yeah. yeah, he can get the ball. Yeah, I think it's just the power you can generate from that. So because that yeah. the, the header was a bit far behind him, so just get that kind of power quickly and, and still work it into the back of the net, man. He's he's solid, man. He's I do believe it's seeing um Thiago and Nabi celebrate together. Have you seen the video? Yeah, that's yes. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say about Marnie said it's like it's it's not like a traditional header where he's trying to like fight a defender. All the time, I think it's, it's movement because um, what what Firmino is good at, and uh, yes, Chris, I can see you smiling already. Um, what, Firmino, <laughs> what Firmino is good at is he's good at like disrupting disrupting a defense. So instead of being in in, in and around the box, he's able to like you know um, cause confusion, make sure a centre back is pushed pushed out to push that wide, especially with this goal. And then with that, it gives Mane or Salah the opportunity to take up spaces and take up positions in the box, which was amazing for Firmino to find. And then Mane, with his obvious like great movement, whether it's on or off the ball, he was able to just find the space and you know, like, go for the header. And man, amazing goal. Amazing work from Firmino as well, man. Like proper, proper techie. Second goal, I mean, we can touch on it, but I mean, it's just an abhorrently bad mistake from Kepa. Hey, do you, yeah. Do you see Firmino actually telling Kepa to pass it out to him? <laughs> He's like passing there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kepa's a bad keeper, man. Yeah. Kepa's so just bad. looking at Firmino like, Abligado Romano, and then like Mane's putting the back of the net, and he's like, wow. wait, hang on, wait, what? <laughs> Mate, well, my, my thing is, my thing is that you can see someone pressing you in it. Why would you like, pass the ball into that channel? I don't, I, yeah. I don't understand for the life of me because from the there was a, a view from like behind him, pause, where he could have um, at least <laughs> kept it going, kept it going to the left, in it. Yeah, fam, you have to in it. I don't know. It's, that's just the game I play. <laughs> that was pause, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> I, mean, I have to get the pause VAR ref on that one. <laughs> well, part, he could have just kept it moving. I think to the left hand side, and he chose not to, but he chose to give it to. I think it was whoever the centre back was. It was actually Jorginho. You know? I wasn't giving it back to Jorginho. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think Jorginho was even ready for it. I no, Jorginho was looking like, no, 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 it's cool, like, bro. <laughs> that we did. Jorginho was there like, nani? What's going on? Well, so um, yeah, he, he's very bad. He's shot of confidence. He's a shot of everything. That's it. I think it's a confidence thing because when Carrius did the thing against um, Real Madrid, and yeah. then in the preseason game, I can't remember who it was with. Rovers. Oh, oh, that track. Yeah. Oh, is it Tram or Black? Remember the mistake? Oh, it was. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. I definitely think as well. Mentally finished that. The decisions that he's making don't make sense to us, but he's, his head's just all over the place. I, I definitely think even the red card, like Christensen's thinking, well, I don't trust you, man. <laughs> I don't trust you to get to this ball, so I'm just going to do what I have to do. Like, yeah, I definitely feel like there's a big, big disconnect. To be honest, all over the pitch, like there's a big disconnect between, like, for example, the goalkeepers to the defenders, defenders to the midfield and the, the midfield to the attack. Because that was one thing... I thought that like, we done very well. Was able to disrupt um, the midfield from getting the ball to the attack. Yes. So that's why there was a lot of like over the top balls. Like Kovacic and Kante, boy, they were not that. Like, it was not the best game for them. But it didn't help that they had a they had ten men and they had to drop a bit deeper. But yeah, man, we was very good at disrupting disrupting their play. And as I said last week, like I was even throughout the game, I was not scared of Chelsea at all. Like at all. Like they they did. It doesn't look like. As I said before, it doesn't look like Chelsea have a have, with all the players and all the talent that they have. 
have a strict game plan for them to actually be effective enough. And yeah. the first time in probably years, ever even, I went into this game and I was not scared of Chelsea once, which is crazy. It's, a, it's crazy that you say that, um, Julian, because you know when we go back, like what, to kind of get days gone past when Mourinho was manager, going to Chelsea, that is the defining moment of your season. That's make or break. That's how you know you're winning the league. And the past few years, it's just been... It's just been the past two years. It's been like work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and it's just been too easy for us. Sorry for it. I did cut you off there. I can't, I can't even remember my point now. It's gone. But some, it wasn't anything major. <laughs> I, do, I actually, I do want to come to you on a bit of on a bit of Chelsea stuff. Uh, obviously, this is Liverpool pub. I do want to get your point of view on this one. With the personnel that they've got, how should they realistically be lining up? Because I've had we've had this conversation so much in terms of where they should be lined up with. You know that front three that they realistically want of Pulisic, Havertz and Werner. But how would you line that 11 up? Pulisic, I think they should do 4-2-3-1, personally. Because you spend, what, the best part of almost 100 million on Havertz. You have to mm-hmm. play him in his favourite position. From what I've seen of him anyway, you know, he's a 10. So you have to build the team kind of around him. You could play Werner, Pulisic. Who, who, plays on the, who plays on the right for them right now? Mount. <laughs> Mount. Mount. Can we touch on that for a second? I don't understand, and I'm not a Chelsea fan. I don't care about Chelsea. But I don't understand the obsession Frank Lampard has with Mount. Is it because he sees himself in... The yes, that's yep. correct. That's what it is. Because it's bizarre. As a, as, a young, like, as a young Lampard, yeah, go on, son, you can do it. I see you. You're like me when I was your age. Fam, drop him. Just drop the you. The you does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The you does nothing. Exactly. You can't have... Yeah, I was going to say, it's criminal that Hudson Odoi is not getting Mount's minutes. Yeah, I agree. It's bonkers. It's actually bonkers. Bonkers. It's nonsense, bro. Yeah. If Hudson Odoi, even though I don't really rate him like that, if Hudson Odoi was playing, I can guarantee there would have been more, at least more creativity for Werner, more, even even against, he he would have played the right. So even against Robertson, he would have had more to think about. Because, fam, Mount is not, He's not a winger that's going to cause you trouble. Um, he's not. He's not good one on one. Maybe if he gets like a, a, a some space on on space on the right to cross it in, a madness might happen. But I've never seen him be a prolific crosser like that. Like the mount mount being in that team is proper baffling. Like that's that's, that's what I forgot about. I thought they got Zayek in it coming in. So yeah, him on the right. Yeah, Havertz in the ten, Pulisic on the left, Werner up top. That's 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 insane. Whether you like it or not. That's mm. actually insane. Is Havertz a number 10, though? Or is he a second striker? Well, some people say he's, a, he's like an eight or an attacking mid or a sec- second striker. He can play on the right. But for me, personally, like, if you're trying to fit all of them man in, you have to play in the 10, you know? Um, yeah, I agree with that. So he has to play me, in the 10, yeah. Their, their attack is going to carry them through to maybe like a top three finish, maybe. Like, top four, 75 yeah. points, bro. Yeah, they, they're not a threat with that defense. I'm sorry. Yeah. I genuinely think that that even four two three one that that sounds so dangerous in this in this day and age. Like you've seen it with Man United, the disconnect between the, the midfield and the attack, and even the number ten that they have, um, Havertz, he doesn't seem too bothered about dropping in deep to get the ball and then progressing yeah. up the pitch to get to Werner. So even it's, that, got, I, yeah. I would play Kovar and Kante as the two behind them. Yeah. You know, but again. Sorry, Tay. Sorry. No, I was just saying he's such a nonchalant player. I couldn't imagine him dropping deep to, like Julian said. Bothered, yeah. He's bothered. Mm-hmm. 
I, if, I think if they were to do a 4 2 3 1, it has to be a reminiscent one of like um, your Raffers and your Jose's from like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever. Mm. You know? yeah. But, yeah, like but, but, but ago, that was right? my point. But that was my point on the pod last week. Like, I just don't think Lampard has the tactical now to no, keep all these players together. No, I really don't. You have to shout people on the opposition bench. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing why I, I, I wasn't scared as well because maybe if they had like a tactician or someone that's like, that, that's, that knows, that, know, that I feel like is a threat um, tactically, they would have been able to do a thing. But I was like, nah, Lampard, you just look like exactly. a kid in the candy shop. Like, you just got yeah. bare bones, but you wouldn't know how to effectively use them. I'm sorry. I, I think they're priming for a new coach. I think they're priming for, like, um, Nangelsman. Um, if Nangelsman's not available, and the PSG somehow sat too short, I think they're, they're aiming for one of those, like, decent coaches mm. to, to, take, to take that team over. Because, I mean, Lampard done what he's done to get to where he is, but I get, I get someone like Liverpool where you just I get it you want to sit back but what's your plan after that like how do you what, what is your plan to beat Liverpool's press what is your plan to nullify Liverpool's um, biggest threats there, there wasn't any plan it was just like right, everyone sit back and you get the ball just try something it wasn't going to work was it yeah he's not he's, he's not like like you can see I mean despite the lack of quality that Arteta has a plan you know yeah exactly um, yeah Oli, out in a certain way. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say Lampard's Oli levels, but he's in between, like, I'd say, between Arteta and Oli in terms of agree. Levels, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Just to summarize on that, I just don't, I just don't think there's going to be any other challenge for us besides City, honestly. And that game kind of confirmed it for me. No, no, I, I, I think I that's completely fair. Yeah. Um, First time, well, it felt like. I was watching it and I felt like we were the home team. Like, it didn't feel like we were yeah. at Chelsea's mm-hmm. ground. Because mm-hmm. as yeah. you said, we were sitting back and letting us have the ball. Like, that's kind of how you play when you go away to someone's stadium, not when you're in your, your own ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to we take treat like realty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually more scared of playing against Leeds during the match than I was against, against oh, Chelsea. Yeah. Big, big yeah. That, it was home for that, for that first game and I was more scared at home yeah, he's doing then Chelsea, and that is mental. And even before the red card, I was thinking somehow, some way, we're gonna get we're gonna get a goal. And yeah. also, what I, I, I wanted I wanted to touch on, on on that game is that I feel this may be um, a pattern going forward. Is that we're gonna actually rely on less on Trent and um, Robertson this season, and oh, I think that's amazing. But well, I hope so. Can, this is this is one last question because I know we're talking about like the Chelsea game and Thiago, like. We had a discussion in the group chat about if we if we believe he's going to be a transformational signing. Does that half kind of confirm it to you, man? No. Yeah. yeah. No. Because because for, for me, for, yeah. For, yeah. I mean, for, for me, it definitely, it definitely, for me, it definitely does. Just because you, you already saw from that forty-five minute cameo, there was less pressure on the wing backs. I, I I personally have never seen that level of influence in the midfield at Liverpool since probably Alonso and that was with one training session 45 yeah. minutes I know it's against 10 men but Ellis like it, we never play like that for one no I get it I, I get yeah. it but what we were talking transformational of taking Liverpool from one level to the other where um, sorry Thiago is an evolution like evolutionary signing I don't want to obviously mix that big words in that but 
No. He's going to allow us to play like from change change the way we play. He's a evolving. Huh? Don't you think he is? No, he is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's going to evolve our play. But what I'm saying, what the point I was making in, in regards to transformational was changing like Liverpool from fourth to Liverpool second with 97 points. With Alisson and Van Dijk coming in. With Alisson coming in especially. That, that's, that's the level. That, I'm not oh. saying that the player is, but what I'm saying is that the change like that. Yeah. But the precedent for the question is already flawed because we're already at a level where yeah. the transformation will be a lot less, you know. It would be very bespoke. Like, it would be very like, let's yeah. say, okay, you, raise, you remember that point you made about if we go on and win, let's say we win the double. Yeah. And Premier League then, boom, yeah, it was transformational. But the level like, was such a high level for him to transform this team, it probably is, let's get the Champions League and let's do the double. But to be fair, retaining the league in itself is a, is a feat, you know, because it's only been done once in the last, since what? True, true. 2008, since 2009. United, yeah. 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 2008, 2009. And then City done it last. Besides that, it hasn't been done. So for even him to do that and bring us to a level where we're consistently performing at that level in the league to win, you know, um, I think that's transformational. But again, it's fair to say, okay, cool. You know, I want a team that is winning the Champions League and the Premier League at, at once, and that's trans- transformational. But like I said, the the, the the bar is so like high now. Very, very, that, very yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah. But anyway, we're all happy with Thiago, even Anik. So Anik <laughs> is so happy, man. I can see it. Man. That's buzzing inside. <laughs> inside, minutes, absolutely yeah. loving it. No, no, forty-five minutes. Yeah, we're basing this all on forty-five minutes. Nah, for, no, 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 what no, forty-five minutes it was? About forty-five minutes. I listen, Anik. Yeah, he's in a penalty. No, nah, yeah, he could have lost me three FPL points. <laughs> if he was in my team, he would have lost me three FPL points. <laughs> we only conceded one penalty the whole of last year. Listen, He's I a madman, headless Adic, chicken. Adic. No more of that. I don't care. I love I love our midfield more than the next one. But this guy came on and fam. I listen. You don't want to know what the source that this came on. Lastly, boys, boys and girls, what do you think is our best midfield now? I'll let you let's, let's let's do a let's do a round robin. Uh, Tay, I'll let you go first. Um. Fabino, Keita, and Thiago. I know Anik's going to hate me for that. But <laughs> Thiago's definitely in there. I bet when Thiago gave away that penalty, Anik cheered like a Chelsea fan. Rubbing his hands like, yes! Fabino, and Thiago. Julian? Uh, there's, two, there's two answers. I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but... In terms of ability, <laughs> Fabinho, Thiago, and Keita is like are probably our most exciting. But in terms of balance, and if we want to go, go for the long haul, it'll be Fabinho, Thiago, and Henderson. And I'm only saying Henderson because of his influence. And especially with what Robbo said this week, I'm gassed again. Like you saw what Robbo said about Henderson. I was like, nah. What did he say? It was that um, when, when he, um, there was a game, um, Man United. You know when the fans were singing, "We're going to win the league." Yeah, everyone else in the, in the, like, the dressing was 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 like starting to believe. Henderson was like, "Nah, I'm not having it." Like he was coming into training stone cold. He was take, like keeping keeping everyone like motivated. And like even you can just tell by on the pitch. Like when he's not there, you can just tell. Like I'm on, I'm a Henderson guy. I can't lie to you. I'm sorry. For, 
I know you don't like him. I'm a Henderson guy. No, okay, look. Receiving. No, no, do you know what it is? Look, my thing is this. Top lip quivering. What's fair is fair. I hate all of that stuff. Oh, he came in. That stuff makes me sick. But listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. If I was picking the midfield today, it's only two games in, but he's been, in my opinion, he's been smelly, nabby. So for me, right now, he wasn't good at the weekend, was he? Yeah, I, I'd still, I'd go with the midfield you picked, but it, it would be for maybe this season max because I don't think, yeah, going forward, that that would take our midfield age to like fight. Everyone be fighting for Fabinho. That, yeah, that's not sustainable. But for maybe for this season, for challenging the, t- yeah, definitely Hendo, um, Thiago, and Fabinho, but. That stuff you're saying, Julian, is it's going in one year, coming out the other. That influence and all that stuff. Influence is 75 passes in a game. Yeah, I was, I was listening. I was reading it. Yeah, I was reading it. I thought Bruce is going to be livid. <laughs> it's only God that made me not see that because that would have. I, I was going to bring it to the green chat, man. Robertson was like, yeah, like, oh, even in training, man will just be like, nah, like we're not having it. No, no one. Mm. <laughs> and we're like, what? 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 This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. I think I would ask you for your midfield, but it would include James Milner. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, Thiago will probably get into the midfield <laughs> right now. Only because, only because, <laughs> only because, only because Henderson's injured. Nabi, you know, is not playing well. And Fabinho is all right at centre-back. So that's probably the only reason why Thiago will get in. But I'm not going to say any more. There's an interesting 4-2-3-1 I kind of want to see with Thiago and Nabi as the two midfielders. I think that could work. I think think that could work, in in, in all honesty. Because I think we even saw it for the, the first goal. Like, the way we controlled possession and the way they were interchanging in the midfield. You know, there was glimpses there that that sort of football can work. And what also really pleased me, this is coming way back to the previous conversation with the first goal, was that that was the sort of goal that I wanted us to score. Like, Chelsea were had 10 men, they were going to defend, um, they were going to defend, and we just, like, picked them off perfectly, yeah. exactly how I want our team to pick yeah. off a team against 10 men. So, uh, yeah, I think there is glimpses there that, that those two could definitely work in the midfield. Did you not, sorry, did you not hear what Klopp said about the goal? He said that the first goal, irrespective of how many men was on the pitch, that would have happened anyway because of the amount of people that yes. could have in a box. So I just think yeah. that is a sign of how we will try and, you know, open up teams that are sitting back with more intricate play as opposed to crushing, inshallah. You understand? So, yeah. It's the time, man. It's the other time. Let's go. See, it's the it's, Thiago it's influence. You are even on the train or you're not on the train at all. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> Random, but do you not feel like this... This type of football is what Klopp wanted when he purchased Kea. But it's just that, obviously, because of circumstances and Kea being a biscuit, like, it just hasn't, it just hasn't been able to happen. Yeah. Um, probably. I'd probably I, say, yeah. 
I think he would have attacked it like the cater from the Bundesliga. Probably you play through him, but in a different way. It's a bit more dynamic yeah. in the sense of you pop it and he moves forward with the ball as as opposed to Thiago's like bring it back to me and I'll pick this, I'll pick this, I'll make like orchestrating almost. Whereas Kater's like more I'm driving through. But yeah, I think he wanted to play through the central area when he brought Kater, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, I just want to touch on the Allison point from earlier on. Um, not being, he's not, he wasn't great since we came back from lockdown, really, in all honesty. Um, maybe still feeling the effects of the injury a little bit. Who knows? But as soon as he said the penalty on Sunday, it looked like all that confidence literally just came back into him because he made two really good saves uh, right off the bat. So, no, man, it's just show the levels. You've, you've got the, the, the fraud the most expensive goalkeeper in the world on one end, absolutely just going tits over us to just give us back the ball. And I do feel bad. I, do, I actually feel a bit bad for Kepa in all honesty. I mean, you can see his confidence. He's, he's absolutely in the, in the, in the pits. And his manager's, not, his manager's definitely not helping at all. He's young as well, man. He's yeah. young as well. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get onto him too much, but fam, he looks... He, I don't know, man. After this, I don't know what's going... Because he's not, he's not exactly like... For example, he's, he's not... He's not exactly like a like a commanding presence or demand like a big you. Like he's not. He's not. He's just a. He looks like a like a. He looks like he looks like he's the same height as me. And I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm all right. But I'm not. Let's start running now. He looks like the like same height, same build as me. And that that for a keeper, especially at the top top level, you have to be like you saw when De Gea first came in that 2013. He was a you, and then after one yeah. year. He got bigger, and then Kepa. It just seems like he's just get. He's just on yeah, the stay, stay on same yeah. thing. Will you lot and you guys? Will you lot agree that's the worst signing in Premier League history? Yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah. To the chat. I think you mean you you bring in a goalkeeper for that amount of money, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. He has to. He has to. He has to be transformational. I mean, you, if for that amount, you might as well. You Chelsea. You might as well just throw the extra. In terms of black, they should have got Oblak. They didn't spend yeah. that much. Yeah. <laughs> they should have went for him. That's, the wrong that's, that's a good, that's, that's a really good point, though, Julian. I want to say about he, he, he looks. He, he doesn't look frail. But he doesn't look tonk, in it. I no, mean, the one no. thing I'll always say about Pepe Reina, that man, when he was fit, he was ridiculously in shape. The fact that he could throw a ball about sixty yards down. But his shoulders were a myth, bro. His yeah. shoulders were mental, from. I just think everything is bad like the price it's a seven-year contract i've never heard of that in my life that spun me you know for seven <laughs> years yeah i think they're signing him like i know looking at the girl thinking okay this is gonna be our keeper for the next like 10 years but <clears throat> they've signed him and and lampard doesn't know his best his best center uh center back pairing that doesn't really help a keeper as well like when you, yeah that's when fair you, keep, you know so when someone mm. keeps on changing like, there's no continuity, there's no balance. I mean, if I was to play behind Zuma and Christiansen, I'd probably shit my pants as well. If I was playing that behind Tomori, Tomori and who else? Uh, who do you have last season? Rudiger. Mate, I'm shitting my pants as well. So he's probably, you know, like a catch-22, like, okay, do I try and just do my best and stop everything or do I leave it to my centre-backs? My centre-backs are a bit... Eh. So, yeah. He, he probably just has to leave I've seen him let in a madness. No, like, true. No, that's true. I'm not, I'm not yeah. excusing him. I'm not excusing him, but it doesn't help like when your centre backs in front of you. Uh, it's like Mignolet and um, Lovren from. No, 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 we're not giving Mignolet no blights. He is crap. 
He was crap, but so was Loveman, so it didn't really help Millionaire, did it? No, nah, but he was nah. playing with Aga and them, man, for, for, for a whole season. Really? And the, um, Mignolet, he was playing with Aga and them, even though they're not the best, but I saw him let in do some mad, mad, like, mad stuff. Like, um, Mignolet never played. Mignolet joined 13-14. Yeah, Aga was there. Aga was there. Aga was there for a couple of years. Centre-back pairing that season would have been Sacco and Skirtle. Lovren. Yeah. And yeah, Aga was there because I remember Aga scored against... No, he didn't score against... Um, uh, yeah. He scored against Newcastle last game of the season, didn't he? Yeah, but he uh, helped the goal with Sturridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aga was there. But to be fair, Minale, he started off well, to be fair to him. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean... Save one pen, and then after that, he was doing a madness. 50 goals in that season. 50 that goals. Shocking, yeah, that's, um, that's a madness, bro. But he cost 10 million, he didn't cost 70, so I'm, I'm okay with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So the carriers thing, like we all, I mean, we rightfully get our carriers, but he was like 4 million quid. Yeah. So in hindsight, it's not that big of a yeah. write off. Carriers would be a gem, you know. Yeah, so do I. Hey, shout out Ma- Michael Edwards because carriers is literally his worst signing, and it cost him like 4 million. Yeah. 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 What a guy. Let's speak about let's speak about him. Did a madness yeah. last week, didn't he? Bloody hell. Hey, hey. Yeah. He saw Julia's messages and he thought <laughs> <"Fuck that." laughs> He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like he's Actually he wasn't Julia's he saw Joe's message like Joe. Right now, no, I'm getting my thing from it's my phone. Michael Michael Edwards and John Henry were looking at their phone, yeah. And then John Henry went to Linda, went, Linda, get my big money chain, we'll go and shop. Man, man just got a cracking man went in the kitchen just started cooking for me just like let's get cracking uh, no honestly <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use this time to say FSG Mike Edwards I apologise for all the madness I was talking you know, you done well and even I mean like even for some of the deals that they got fam we're paying 10 million in the first year for Thiago and Diego Jota you know uh, 5 like, million for Thiago down payment is mad. You don't even get cars for like low rates like that. You know what I mean? Um, and then the, the amount of money for Jota as well. It's like you said, Julian, unbelievable. Like to hold yeah. out the deal and to and to and to that execute it. Like, man, man, that is like I've I've seen so many clubs, um, i.e. Man United, struggle this whole summer just to get just to get them to like chat to like, just just to get some chat to certain players. But fam, for him to. For him to hold out, and obviously it helped that Thiago wanted to come to our club as well. Of course, that like, he was adamant because yeah, uh, I'm not going. I don't really want to go anywhere else. But he didn't muddy the water uh, with any other interest. To be fair, yeah. What, yeah. What, what, what I'd ask, what I want to ask is, what was, what do you think triggered that? Like in terms of, we knew we were signing Thiago, but what triggered it to happen that week for, for Liverpool a week after we played our first game or a couple of days after, and then Jota like. Less than what twenty four hours later. What do you think triggered those things happening? Like, I just think it's, I just think it's the way we operate, you know. Because have you noticed when we when we do sign players, we kind of sign players in mass. Like the last time we went on a spree, it was like Fabinho, Shakiri, all of them, and came in like one week. And I think we do our business, and this is what probably frustrates like me, Tay, and Joe. Yeah. Like we do our business mad quiet, and then when it's time to pull the trigger, it's time to pull the trigger, and then. Like fam, I saw I thought Diego Jota and Thiago at Anfield in like two days. Like that don't and then like within announcing, yeah, we're in for him. And then the morning after, I'm like, them man are saying, "What's how are you?" and all them things. There, like fam, it's nuts. Like the way we do business. So I wouldn't even uh, say, we like, already. You know, like, quick, quick one. You know, 
I'm not going to shout out the other podcast, but there was another podcast I was listening to last year before we started, to be fair. And the guy was like podding whilst going on the tour for our preseason tour. And he happened to be on the same flight as Edwards and them, man. And you remember last year, everybody was like crying about no signings, et cetera, et cetera. And he asked them, like, are we going to make a sign? And Edwards was like, no, we're, we're working on next year already. Like, and, and that's mad. So it's like, it sounds like we've got stuff done like really quickly, yeah. but this is stuff we probably planned from the time. The, pl- the, plan- the planning mm. in this club. And yeah. there's, there was a really good article that I read a few weeks ago that was based around Mike Gordon and the relationship he has with Mike Edwards. And he comes from a very risk-averse background and he made all his money in risk management and stuff. Hedge so, and hedge funds. So you, you look at the deals we pulled off this summer and the intricacy we've done them in. It's like you said, Farouk. I think with the Thiago one, it's a weird one because I don't think it would have helped with the Champions League, him going far into the Champions League and obviously it going mm. into the end of August, essentially. I mean, the insane circumstances and you don't want to make a commitment to a player and then we've said many times before, if he, injured, if he gets injured, you're, you're you know, laden with a player who's injured. I mean, you kind of look at... Um, I mean, I'm using Spurs as examples, but they they were starving. You know what I mean? They needed a player to come in. Bale, they've, they've signed Bale, they've committed to his wages, and he's already injured for a month, possibly more. So, he still want to get stuck with that contract. And also, the fact that he would have wanted to go on holiday, he would have wanted to sort everything as well in an amicable manner, because that's how they do things at Bayern Munich. It's not where you force your way out. Yeah, and also, I feel that... Um... It would, the, the picture was a bit clearer for Liverpool in the terms of financial, the financial circle. I know, like a week prior, I think reported that we're going to need about a hundred million in regards to no, because I think it was the TV rebate or something, something like that. So I think once that story came out, that means Liverpool were a bit more sure of what it looked like in the financial aspect, and it allowed them to to start making plans. But like like Fury said, I'm sure that Liverpool have the plans already. Just looking for a trigger to go. So once they knew, okay, we're going to lose this much, this is what we can spend. Again, doing the deal of uh, five million for Targon this year, so it allowed them to like work around it. So yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool's planning to a T is is ridiculous, man. For the last ten years, it's been absolutely mental. Uh, ten, I wouldn't say. Well, yeah, but even no, but even even taking granted, yeah, between two thousand and ten and two thousand and fifteen, we made a lot of wrong signings. But yeah. the signings were the signings were planned out. So mm. for before that, for instance, when we signed um when we signed all those British players, there was always a reason why we signed it. So we used statistics to sign it. So someone like Moly. Yeah, Kamoli, yeah, someone like Stuart Downing. They're arrested. He should be arrested. But someone like <laughs> Stuart Downing should be arrested. No, he should, man. He's he's a yeah, scandalous man. But someone like let's say um Stuart Downing, his stats were looking like oh he's created the most chances here, his pressing was good there. So you look at all of those things. So I'm saying that the planning in regards to the signing for the last 10 years in FSG, granted the players were shit, that's no doubt, but the planning was still... Mm. The funny thing about the Downing one is that he said that L. He mm. created all these chances, did blah, 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 blah. I didn't get an assist in his first season. That's how mad Do you know what's deep about Downing, though? He was sick. Like, we, we actually bought a sick, like, player. Like, when that, he hit the bar on his debut. Yeah, this is the thing with some players though you, you can tell how their Liverpool career is going to go within the first few moments of how they're playing so if Downey scores that goal probably his career goes marginally yeah. better than it is yeah. normal say with Markovic that goal uh, that's how Sunderland one where he hits yeah. the, uh, a crossbar probably goes completely different mm. so, Stuart, Stuart Downing that season he made the most chances for Liverpool but that was the season Suarez 
I think Suarez just didn't want to score. He's got oh like 11 goodness. goals. I think he kept oh hitting the post yeah. or something. Yeah, he kept like, hitting yeah. the post. And, and start, yeah. they, uh, Downing was just setting man up, setting man up, but Suarez just thought, no, fuck I it. He hit the woodwork like 13 times that season. Bare yeah. times. Bare times. Stupid amount. Um, you know I, I just want to quickly talk about some of the pain we've suffered here, by the way. Um, it is 10 years to the day where when Roy Hodgson was in charge of Liverpool and we played a... God, I think it was Carling Cup. That trophy has so many different names over the years. I can't oh, yeah, catch yeah. We played a League Cup game against Northampton Town, to uh-huh. which we couldn't even get the job done. We needed an God goal in extra time to take it to penalties, and then we lost on penalties. I have a funny story about that game because I was go- I went out with a girl who I was dating at the time, and she was like, "Why are you so stressful? Why are you getting like really vexed?" And I'm watching that film, <laughs> so I was checking my fel- I was checking my BlackBerry. Like in the in the cinema, like every like two minutes, I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Like I literally, like, oh, "Fuck's sake!" I, I can't remember what film I was watching. I was getting vexed over a League Cup game because that was like one of the most attainable trophies of the season. No, How far mad. we've come is mad. Yeah, I was I was in Northampton Uni at the time, so I'm giving my age. Oh. Oh. I was going to the uni, and I remember when we used to like when you go uni raves, a couple of the players I won't hot them up used to come to the uni raves, like and give them the big one in it. So after that game, they were moving mad. They were moving <laughs> like, like buying out the bars. Like, yeah, two more bottles, two more bottles. That was even more pain. It was, it was crazy. Do you know? Man scored against Liverpool. You know, chat yeah. really proper. Really? <laughs> I scored the decisive penalty. You know, yeah. chat man. <laughs> you know, I would say about our school, um, our our school as well. Um, there's and I was listening to Mugger today. And the stark contrast in how, for example, a top club like Man United used to do business and yeah. how we do business now is a madness. Like you can tell with, for example, Mike Edwards and even Klopp, they would actually speak to a player like, for, for example, Thiago and be like, yo, this is, what, this is our plan. This is how you're going to fit into this squad. Boom, 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 boom. Even if it's someone like, like Shimikas, like the way we probably um, said, we probably told him, yo, I can't lie to you. You've seen Robertson, you know what he's on. You're not going to get this many games, but what we can give you is this, this, this. Same with Jota. But with other clubs, it might just, it's just vibes. It's just like, yo, we used to... Uh, for example, Man United, I, I heard today that they were getting man like Roy Keane to, to come and chat to Jude Bellingham. Like, like that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> that it's conversation with fucking jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because, like, Man United and Liverpool have, like, gone into reverse. Because I remember when we were trying to get Delhi Ali, you had to go get Steven Gerrard to come chat to him and, and, and all of that. Is that when um is that when Jarrah was asleep? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was a story. I was trying to rack it in my brain. So yeah, because before before that, Man United had David Gill and for Alex Ferguson, and they just got Stephen Stun quickly. Yeah, so it, it's a stark contrast to where we are. It's like we've just got into reverse, man. Sick. Even when we yeah. tried to get cross, remember when we tried to get cross, and man was like, Gerard, we will do respect you. Yeah? I cannot lie to you. To Real Madrid are calling. I am not. I am not coming to the Melwood to come and chill with you, man. Still, I am so sorry. So yeah, man. Do you remember the um, the Brendan Rogers one where he said to in, from Gerard's book, and this always sticks with me. When um, Brendan Rogers went to Gerard, could you um, well t- Tony Cruz might be available. Could you drop him a text and see if he wants to come to Liverpool? And, and like, I think yeah. Even Gerard was like, pulling what? Like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, yeah. we can't get Tony Cruz. We've literally just finished second, and this is not going to happen again. And we're not going to be able to grab a player like Tony Cruz. 
this is why having a manager like Klopp is so important because, yeah, Rodgers had us playing good football, but when it comes to trying to attract players, who wants to play under Brendan Rodgers? Like, Mad. Yeah. Everyone, not, well, not everyone, but players want to play under Klopp. No one wants to play under Brendan Rodgers. Like, you're not going to attract the players that you need to progress and get better and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. On, on, on that, you remember the summer of 2013, yeah, after we came second? And you're thinking anybody in their right mind would join Liverpool ahead of Arsenal at the time. Because if you look on the surface, it looks like we're going places. But Sanchez probably spoke to Rodgers and was like, who's this dickhead? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that was also because Sanchez preferred London as well. I think we were, we were close to getting Sanchez, but I think he I've never, You know what? I've never London understood that one because I remember it at the time it was... Yeah, his wife prefers London. Exactly. And it's yeah, like, it was wife. he wasn't even married. <laughs> that guy's married to his dogs. You know, yeah. you know what I personally believe, yeah? I personally believe like, that was bullshit. It's just the case of fam. Like, they probably saw how, what Liverpool was before that and like, probably how they spoke to him. It's like, Thiago, for example, if Chelsea were in for him to, in this day and age and we came second like two years ago, I can guarantee, mm, I can guarantee you he'll probably be like, nah. I'm going to Liverpool because Klopp is the type of manager that that, that is one proven in Germany is also he probably has a name has has like respect and, and all of that and him 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 and his project would have been more attractive like two years ago than someone like ah oh, yeah Conte just buy a man that drink water and fucking Alonso and them man so yeah. it's time to change. I th- I, yeah I, th- I think also on that point what Klopp does is we don't just buy. These the best players in the world. We buy players that have the talent, and we make them world class. And I think players see that as well as an attractive option. Well, the players these days they always get told, "Oh yeah, you got all this talent, you know this, that, and the other, but you can make it." And I think, you know, playing under a manager like Klopp is such an attractive option. And they just think, you know what? He's seen what you've done with Van Dijk, Salah, Mane. You know, that's such an attractive option for me, and something that I'll be willing to, you know, to go and go there and do. And I think that's probably a good segue into Jota because I think he shows he's got a glimpse of the talent and I really reckon that he's going to you know, be one of, the, one of our better signings. Now, a lot of my mates who are Wolves fans um, are absolutely living with me because he, they all genuinely think that he was their best player. Really? And yeah. 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 Got, um, you know what it is with, with Klopp and his signings, yeah? I'll keep it real. I've said this before and I'll say it again. When Marnie and Salah signed, when Marnie signed it, I had a big headache, massive headache. I was like, no way are we doing this again. I was livid. But then now, yeah. he's proving himself. Like, he can get men like Marnie and Salah and pay, pay what we would see as over the odds and make them into world superstars. And I see, especially with Jacob Jota being 23, probably in about, what, three, four years when Marnie and Salah aren't the, the first options anymore, possibly have moved on. I can see him like getting to that next level and still keeping us at the top. So I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm not I'm not convinced, man. But I'm not gonna act like I've seen him play. Um, yeah, no, that's that's fair. I'm, I'm I'm all for it. I would love to see the project. How do you feel about it, Tay? I really like Jota. Um, like- Does anybody want breakfast, guys? Let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the $1 to $3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Last season, obviously, towards the end, he got benched for... for, 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 for yeah, mm-hmm. um, But it, when I watched him last season at Wolves, I really liked him. And when the rumours started, like getting heated about him coming here. I was so excited. I think I was actually a bit more, ex- maybe this is because I was convinced that Thiago wasn't coming, but I was more excited when I saw Jota was coming just because it came out of nowhere. Like there was reports about him and then three hours later he'd signed or something like that. Like, What's so amazing about Jota today? Huh? What's so good about him? I don't, I don't, I don't really get the hype. Honestly, I, I, I've never watched him play like that. I think he worked well on the wing with Jimenez. I think he... Um, was it Jimenez? So, wait, wait, wait. On the wing. Wait, Jimenez is up front, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was on the wing with Jimenez. Um, he, like, assisting. He's quick. He, like, he can dribble. <laughs> I think... I, I think... <laughs> He's good. Is that what you're trying to say? He's good. No, you're right. You are right, though. I think one of, one, of the massive, one of the most massive underrated parts of his game is the defensive contribution. Yeah. Playing yeah. that system with, with new, you know, in Nuno's system, where a lot of their attackers are kind of in that halfway line, halfway space, he's absolutely rapid over about 50 yards as well with his acceleration. Good piff. Good piff for us. They said, they said, um, sorry, go on, sir. Yeah, the goals against Man United. Yeah, that was sick or yeah. FA Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And um, did he score two against them? I think so. I'm sure he got a great I think he did, yeah. I remember yeah. the one against where he left Shaw on his arse. That was yeah. brilliant. So, his game like that that stood out to me and just made me instantly like him. And he was in my fantasy football team, so he got me quite a few points. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he was because he was getting me a few points in the FPL, but no, nah, he's not. He's, he's not. Nah, yeah. Him, that was me with bloody song this week. <laughs> Four <What>? goals. <laughs> yeah. What I would say is so go, go though I haven't watched a lot of him, like apart from when he plays against Liverpool and a few times outside of that. Um, I did quite a bit of reading because if like we sign a player, I try and read. I haven't done like video scouting or anything for him, but I did a lot of reading and they were talking about how similar he was to, to Mane. And then I watched back his goals. That's the only like I didn't I just watched his goals someone put in the group, I think it was. And if you look at wherever he shoots from, it's always like where he's going to score almost, like tappings. Yeah. So like, so, okay, this is a player that's quite different to like, maybe Firmino or Salah who kind of shoots from it. He's more similar to Mane because Mane doesn't have a high shot volume. Um, and it's like, okay, cool. This is a good a good alternative to Mane if, I don't know, want to move Mane back onto the right or, you know, if want to play Salah up top and, drop Firmino in behind and whatever like it gives us variation like I think he'll play a lot more than people expect this season as well but I think that he'll go up a couple levels with us honestly because Klopp just improves most players and I would be surprised if Jota isn't one of those you know that's another reason why I liked him as well because he's not just like stuck to one position as you said yeah. he could play in like different positions for us which is what we need because mm-hmm. we need someone Sorry. Sorry, that can cover the front three, not just mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely agree. That's it. Do you know what That's it, yeah. So, I was going to say that. He's he's good. He's really good with um, both feet. So it just gives that sort of yeah. air of unpredictability, which I think will be refreshing for the front three. And I think if we take out one of the front three now, there's like genuine quality that we can bring in. I know when um, Wolves got promoted in 17-18, there was a lot of hype around him. 
because he they were in the championship and I think he was like their top scorer with like 15 or 16 goals. So he was basically was so that much player hype of the season. Him. Exactly. And I think he only went there on loan. And yeah, then so he was on loan from Atletico. Atletico. Madrid, yeah. Yeah. And then they made it permanent. So there was a lot of hype around him. And I think 18, 19, you know, it was okay season for him. But I just remember when Wolves got promoted, there was a lot of hype around all these players that they had bought and Neves. But I remember at the time people were like, oh, Diego Jota was really crucial to them getting promoted. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he's definitely going to come good. Well, I'm all for it because I was designed to have an Ox as a wing replacement. And, boy, ah, man. Thank God, man. I, I was, I was, I was um, kind of tired of seeing Origi on a wing, man. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of like, I didn't want to top myself, man. Um, <laughs> stressing me out, bro. Stressing me out every time. I'm proper happy though, because it's like Ellis. Like I remember when we was talking. I think it was earlier in the window. We're like, we need someone versatile who can cover the front three. And everybody was like drawing a blank when we was thinking, who, 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 who. And then yeah. look, like the club just popped up with John. It's like, oh, wow. exactly, exactly. Well, it's, it's funny you say that, um, Farouk. Like, I mean, a lot of us when we were doing the the transfer games and stuff, and when we were doing that show that we did kind of at the end of the season where we were addressing all the options that we need to address in the in the, this, this summer a lot of us said Memphis Depay okay. and he feels like a Memphis Depay-ish player with the versatility yeah 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 yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm delighted, I'm delighted. Yeah, does, does anyone think we're going to sign anybody else? I feel like I would have said last week we would have signed a centre back but mm. after after Sunday I mean I, I talked to a German uh, correspondent over the weekend I'm not Chris Khan. I actually did my research. <laughs> talk, I talked to real people. Right? You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, there was an interest in Oz and Quebec from Schalke, but it just feels like they want a lot of the money up front with okay. their current financial situation. So that might be one for next year. But I, okay. if something popped up along the line with that, I think we'd, we'd maybe do it. But I think I've always said this, especially with this summer in particular. I mean, there's what? There's two weeks to go now until the window shuts. If the opportunity presents itself in a Shakira-like situation where someone comes to us and say, player X is available for 10, 12 million quid. We've, we've looked at him before in the past and we know he can do X, Y, Z in this role. We probably don't currently need that at the moment, but it would bring an extra bit of versatility, allow us to rotate and, and rest player A, B and C. I think we'd do it just because yeah. it means an extra body in the squad. And at the end of the day, if you can flip that player for more profit, in the next window or the window after that, you do it. It's just I a good investment. I think that if we go in for uh, the reports that I've seen, if we're going in for Saar or God knows why, Dembele, um, I definitely think if one of them come, one person's either Shaq or Origi is leaving. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think someone has to leave. One or two players have to leave for someone to come in now. And it makes sense. And that would make sense. Yeah. You wouldn't want to have, you know, Saar bought in for 40 mil while you're still paying Shakiri, while you're still paying Origi, and, you know, you've got Joe R, and you've got Minamino, like, we've kind of, I feel like we've kind of, we're kind of moving past the, you know, the backup of having Diego, um, Diego Joe, um, Origi and Shakiri as our go-tos, because, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't even see Shikiri, um, Origi playing up front as much as um, we, we um, yeah. even on the bench, I see Minamino taking, taking up that spot. It was interesting because, um, oh, sorry, Tay, we said Tay? Shakiri's literally never available anywhere. Yeah, but I mean, we we, we said last week, didn't we? I mean, if I offered you seven million quid for Shakiri right now, you bite your arm, you bite my arm off for it, wouldn't you? 
Fucks. Well, it just shows you how down in the pecking order he has gone. But sorry, as you were saying. Yeah, I'll say it's interesting that um, Minamino came on ahead of Origi on the weekend. Um, that just probably highlights something to us that it's long for Origi this season. Um, Origi, before, he's, before he's, he broke his ankle, before he broke his ankle, he was showing a lot of promise. A lot of promise. After the ankle injury, he's not really like kicked on. Don't know if it's just him because he just seems like a vibes guy, in it? You know, like just... I think, you know, honestly, I think it's, I think <laughs> it's definitely his style of play compared to Minamino because Minamino, yeah. what he's good at, he's good at in tight spaces, hold, actually holding onto the ball, being right. able to pass it off. And when it's Origi, it's just, boy, bare to the two feet, flip-flapping around, just trying to do that little shimmy, and then he shoots, like, nah, it's not that no more, man. Like, mm. we're definitely, and this is to the point of, you know, uh, Liverpool's style of play, we're definitely moving past, you know, cross, inshallah, where Origi can get ahead on it, or, you know, where we need Shakiri to come on and just, like, just spamming crosses, like, nah, we're trying to keep the ball now. We're trying to play more, I would say, attractive football. And yeah, I think we're definitely moving past Origi just coming on and just hoofing it. So, to be fair to Origi, to be fair to he can play off the last one. He's quick enough. He's got a good finish on him. He's got a good finish. It's just his movement. I was chatting to one of my boys, um, Nathan, friend of the show, and um, he was saying that he just feels that Origi's lack of football intelligence is glaring. So sometimes, let's say a midfielder gets the ball, he'll probably just stand, stand and watch instead of like looking to dart in, in between the fullback and the centre back. So um, I think I feel for him. He needs to move. He needs to move to another team. Like someone like Wolves will do. Will do. Will be good for him. Yeah, so a mid-table where he could just play as much as possible, just to get as sharp as possible. Yeah. No. I completely agree. I, I can. I think it's safe to say that players like Harry Wilson and Marco Grujic will more than likely be out the door uh, come the last week in the transfer window. So um, thanks for thanks for years of service, and we'll see you soon. Um, but yeah. We have a game, weirdly, next Monday. I, I thought it was next Sunday, but it's Monday. Um, a weird one, because considering that uh, pubs are shutting at 10 o'clock now, uh, you won't be able to watch the last five, ten minutes of the game if you are going out to go and watch it. So that's a bit of a, bit of a ball ache, isn't it? Um, but we are playing Arsenal at home next Monday. I think this is going to be a little bit of a tricky one with how they set out. But ultimately, end of the day, We've got more than enough to beat them. Um, so I will hand this one straight to Julian, as I know you like to... I haven't got the E for beat on me, but I know you like to... <laughs> Man, I'm going to be... Listen, I'm going to be on the Discord chat this Monday. Ready ready for the for the Pamins. I'm going to be there. Listen, man. We're going to slap these youths, bro. I can't lie, man. From what I saw against Chelsea, this this five at the back shit, it's not... It's not, it's not well, if, Kola, if Kolasinac plays, it's peak. If that, if that, if Bellerin plays, it's peak. If they play five, three or five at the back, it's peak. If they play um, sh- um, Jacan, what's that Spanish shoot? That Paella, what's his name? Sabayos. Yeah, the one I've got. Yeah, 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 him. <laughs> if they play him, it's long. The hairdresser. Yeah, Turco's going to come on, just give him one shimmy. And man's just going to be like, it'll be like last year again, bro. My, my kid one in his head was kettled. He came on like, bro, I don't even know how I feel. I couldn't even believe bro. Like, was was, he saw a tornado when he come on, fam. All you said was... <laughs> <laughs> that, when, um, that when Firmino tries to like, chip it over his head. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, if that would have landed, he was like, no, what's going on? Why have I done this? <laughs> the saving grace here that Arsenal have is if they buy party and he just comes on and just PMPs it, even then, I don't, like, boy, 
I can't lie, man. We're, we're smacking up these youths, bruv. The only threat that, I, like, no, in all seriousness, no, it, in all seriousness, though, that like, Arsenal have played intricate, decent football where I'm like, oh, they can cause us problems. But with what I've seen against Chelsea and with what I've seen with Thiago coming in and how, for example, where last season it was more of a thing of was more relying on our fullbacks and our wingers to, to kind of get us our goals. Like, if we're playing through the middle, I feel like through the middle is probably Arsenal's biggest, like, downfall because their centre-backs are not of their level to, like, you know, say that, oh, yeah, they're not going to be able to get, you know, they're going to hold us down at Anfield, especially. Um, especially their midfield. There's not a lot of, I would say, strength in that midfield. Like, I, could, I can definitely see, like, for example, Genie and Thiago and Fabinho being in that midfield and having a good day, being able to um, muscle out a couple of players, you know, it, it, yeah, man, I, I'm quite confident about this game because of how we look to set up and how and how we're playing nowadays. So, we want Arsenal on Monday, man. I'm ready for it. The war cry right there, you know, from Julian. I mean, I'm, I'm right off for it right now. Um, <laughs> we, we know the main threat. We know who Arsenal's main threat is going to be. It's going to be a bummy young. Yeah. Um, and you would have thought he'd do a, bit, a better job than, you know, that German youth um, going up against that right-hand side of our defence. Uh, so... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey, somebody called him Timo Agbonlahor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to look out for him. With Arsenal and Aubameyang being their main threat, it's like you have to kind of stop the ball getting to him. So yeah. if Arsenal have that, you know, where they do that thing where they pass it around the box and then they're able to get the, um, loft, it, loft in the pass to him. If our defence is able to deal with that and we're able to close off those spaces, we should do very well in nullifying Aubameyang. But yeah, man, we're going to have to see. I'm going to let everyone, everyone else speak because I don't want to pan them even more than I already have, man. Hey, how are you feeling? I... I... Do you know what it is? I, with the Arsenal fan base, I know what they're like. So that just makes Arsenal games even worse for me. <laughs> lose, which we did in the last in the last game we played them in the league, and then obviously they beat us on penalties in the Community Shield, and they just didn't show up. And they rattle me sometimes. I can't lie. But like hey. you said, oh, that, you know what? You know what? I I completely get you on that because like growing up and stuff in you know growing up in the Midlands and that. I've not really got that many friends who are Arsenal Ars- friends who are Arsenal fans. Yeah. They're all like many. Weirdly enough, they're all Man United fans, which is a bigger problem in itself. That's you know the root of all evil: terrorism, <laughs> you know, recruitment one on one. But you know, when I see you know all you guys like El, Farouk, Julian, Alec, a lot of your mates are Arsenal fans. I can see how you get massively irritated by it because just following a few men on Twitter, they get very, very, very loud and very brave yeah. off, off scraps. <laughs> It's the same culprits every time. All the time. And they just don't stop. They will just camp in your mental <laughs> <laughs> for days just saying the same thing. But like Julian said, Aubameyang's the biggest threat. If you nullify Aubameyang, there's no one else really that I'm going to be worried about. Um, the only thing that bothers me is the high line because Werner didn't have anything about him, so he didn't really affect us in that sense. But Aubameyang, with our high line, is a scary thought for me. Um, and also at Anfield, like yeah, we always slap them, but when we're without the fans, so I feel like that'll have a bigger impact because Arsenal do get rattled when Anfield's like booming. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be more tricky than Chelsea, but like like we said, we've got enough to to beat them. We're better than them, so yeah, I completely agree. Anik, 
just following off on what Tay said, where they'll be tougher to beat than Chelsea, do you think they'll be tougher to beat than Chelsea because they're more, I say more, they're still a little bit of an unknown entity in the way they set up and the way they operate? I think, yes, that, that will be the case. But I just, I just can't um, get away from Aubameyang being the main threat. I think literally that is the one threat that we just need to be aware of. And I don't know, I think if he isolates any of our defenders, then I think it could be a problem, especially on the break. But I just, I just think we have enough just, just to get over the line and, and beat him. If we, if we nullify that threat, being Aubameyang, because I think, obviously, Alexander-Arnold's much better there than, than Neko Williams, I, I do think that we should be able to get the job done. Um, Arsenal being an unknown entity, obviously Arteta's come in. I don't really think that's the case because ever since he has come in, we've played him twice already. We should, we should know enough about them to, to see how they play on the ball and their, their sort of style. Um, I don't think we've shown Arsenal enough of what we are and how we play. And I really want us to, you know, take them to the sword and, you know, do a job on them because, because as everyone says, their their fan base, you know, that's that's also a problem as well. I agree, especially in the last two games, we have we've showed them too much respect. Like, exactly, yeah, yeah. We, we need to show them what what we're about. Yeah, it's such a weird one because obviously in the la- in the last two games, we, I mean, yes, we did go. Well, did we? In in the game at the Emirates, did we go one 0 up or were yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. one 0 up. Oh, we didn't. We yeah, didn't. So, yeah, we did. We did. We scored first. We scored first and then scored two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we equalised. So this is why I say they're a bit more of an unknown entity because we haven't really had to see them fight from one goal down against us. And with the way we play, and they will have to be a little bit more expansive. Oh, no, no. With the three at the back, with the, with the wingers we've got, and hopefully Thiago playing, powering people in midfield, it could be a bit of a long evening for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm I the, so I was going to say, am I the only one that thinks that live, these Liverpool and Klopp kind of in the last two games didn't show Arsenal the, like any respect? Like there was kind of like, ah, oh, it's Arsenal. Man. It's right, yeah. I, I think so. Like the, the the last game, last game won the league. Man, obviously was chasing points. Where it was like, whatever, man. Oh, guy. we literally we gift we can gifted but them two goals, goals, goals. goals. And, and I think everyone was like, "Oh, these men are like 15 for something, man. Whatever, man. It's calm in it." Then the community showed. Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto Friendly Crunchy Bars. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Delicious and convenient, both their toasted almond and lemon almond flavors have two grams of net carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein, all in a satisfying crunch. Interested? Ratio keto-friendly bars are now available in the granola bar aisle at Walmart. We was in uh, pre-season, we was in pre-season, so we looked really leggy. Um, even then, even then, the second half, we absolutely ripped off Arsenal that they were clutching. So I, I thought now Liverpool probably on it before the season started properly. And even like we were talking about the threat of Aubameyang, I remember when we played Leicester and um, they were asking Klopp, uh, the journalists were asking Klopp about the threat of Vardy and his comment back to them was like, it's only, he's only a threat when he has the ball. So I feel that it's the same for Aubameyang, he's only a threat when Arsenal have the ball. So if we press them in midfield, it's, it'll be very hard for them to find that ball over to Aubameyang. The only thing is when they do 
let's say by chance get it to him, he will take his chance and and, and nine out of ten times he does he does finish. But I, I feel that Liverpool will have too much about them in midfield. They'll have too much going forward. They'll have too much for Arsenal to think about for them to even try and like get the ball to Aubameyang. Let me can I say something? You know like the Emirates game like I don't know if everybody remembers. You know they had like three shots and stuff like that. Like, it was yeah, like, yeah. It was a smash and grab, in a sense where we gave them the goals. We had. I, I just went back to look at the stats. We had twenty four shots. Had eight shots on target. Like we smashed them, bro. Like we absolutely smashed them. Like League Cup, fine. I, I mean, not League Cup. Community Shield. I genuinely don't care about that game. Um, it was. It's, it's a glorified friendly. But um. I just don't see them even, like, the best they can do at Anfield is a draw. Like, the very best they could do at Anfield is a draw. You know, Arteta or no Arteta. I just not respect to them. I just think we're going to beat them. I definitely think in that, in this game, um, as crazy as this is to say, especially with Obama Young playing how he so potently is, Alisson and Van Dijk need to have great games in terms of being able to for example, block his shots, Alisson being able to save him. Because last time, Alisson was just... Last time at, at, at Emirates, Alisson was kind of moving nuts. Like, I feel like two... A, a couple, I think they won, what? They won 3-1, whatever it was. 2-1. 2-1, one. One, yeah. That, I think both of the goals, actually, Alisson could have done way better than he did. Um, especially the recent Nelson one, he could have done way better than he did. Um, I feel like Van Dijk needs to be able to get to Aubameyang um, because, I, I'll be honest, um, he can't, probably can't rely on Trent. Because Aubameyang can twist him up. Let's be honest. Um, if uh, if I thought, like, I thought, I'll give him a little bit of benefit of doubt, Trent. I thought he played defensively. I thought he played quite well the weekend. Yeah, yeah that because who 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 was on the left side for him um, on that? Um, it was Werner. Ah, well, no, I can't lie. Werner had a, if Werner was a bit more 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 clinical. He was more central, Werner though. Yeah. I think Werner was more closer to. Trent was really high up. I think he was really yeah. high up on um, on Sunday. I think Aubameyang. Let's again. Let's let's not come and pretend that he's an, a 1v1 specialist. He's yeah. not. But what he does is he does know how to find space. So yeah. I would be concerned because, again, he's going to be operating in the same areas in which Werner did. And if he, if Arteta is going to watch, he's going to watch that match back and he's going to say, look at, the, look at the space he got. Look how he got 1v1 versus Fabinho, etc., etc. So they will try and isolate us on the right-hand side again. It's, it's obvious. Every team that plays us, irrespective of whether it's Fabinho or Gomez playing there or Matip, that's the that's where you target. To target yeah. Case point though, especially with Aubameyang, like we can't be too reliant on the high line because Aubameyang is too potent and too much of a gunman of a striker to get beaten to get beaten by a high line. He knows how to beat the offside trap. So, yeah. and definitely, yeah. like, we need to be, we need to be very very cautious of how we defend, especially when Aubameyang has. Uh, sorry, um, Arsenal have the ball and they they're looking for Aubameyang. Yeah, true. I, I would ask. I would ask you guys for your score predictions, but it's next Monday, so I'll ask yeah. you close <laughs> to the time of the game. Um, I will ask you instead for what your midfield selection would be for this game. So, El, let's start with you. Um, Fab, Genie, and Thiago. I think Henderson came off at half. Well, no, I don't think Henderson came off at half time, so I'm not too sure what his um, fitness is like. But yeah, Fab, Genie, and um, uh, Thiago. Okay. I'm going to have to say the same, but we're very limited in midfield at the minute anyway, aren't we? Because Henderson's in with. But yeah. yeah. Wait, is Gomez back for the Arsenal? That's, that's a good question. I think he is. Klopp said it was just for that game. Yeah, apparently he is. So, 
Okay, so yeah, Fab, um, Keita, and Tiaba. Julian? Uh, Fab, Genie, and Thiago, sure. And, G- and Genie needs to be defensively disciplined that game. Like, he needs to help out Trent a lot. Yeah, that is the game where you could probably do with Henderson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's for <laughs> sexy for Rook, like, why? Why do we need him there? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> would you I'm, feel me? About what side, like, how are we going to sh- um, line up shape-wise if it's Fab, uh, Thiago and, and Genie? I'm just, I wouldn't know. I'm just guessing. I'm thinking which side Thiago going to be on, where's Genie going to be? How's it going to I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, those would be the three people I'd players I'd go for. You know? Alec? I'll play Fab at centre-back. Because he played really well against Chelsea and he nullified Werner. So I think if there's a couple of injury, injury doubts with Gomez and Matip, then I'll play Fab at centre-back. I'll play Thiago and Wijnaldum and Keita. Give him another shot. See if he can do it. Fair, yeah. fair play. Fair play, guys. Let's quickly move on to the listeners' questions and then we'll sign off for this week's episode. So... This one comes in from Avo, pro Patreon subscriber. Thank you very much for your contribution, brother. Um, why do we? He simply asks, why do we keep dunking on everyone? <laughs> we're champions. <laughs> yeah, we're champions, but let's not get carried away, man. <laughs> it's two games. It's two games. Like, we, <laughs> us. Bro, I don't know about all this, all this humility shit. We are the dog bollocks, dog. Yeah, we keep dunking everyone because it's what we do, man. Like LFC, in it. Don't know. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, love it. Uh, this, this one comes from Peter, Peter Akamosa, long-time friend of the pod. Um, what do you think our best midfield three... What, sorry, what do you think is our best midfield three? Uh, long-term, what do you want it to be? I guess we kind of did kind of talk about this earlier on, but it's just good one to recap, really, in terms of the long-term view of what we see the midfield as. Uh, long-term... Okay, can we just let's just do this season? This season, I think Fabinho, Thiago, and Henderson. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Long term? Yeah, we'll have to be that. Reluctantly agree. (laughs) No, no, because we've got to prepare for you know, Wani Alden's contract winding down, Milner's years are you know, getting shorter, and you know, um, got to let Curtis Jones come in as well, so yeah. yeah. We're kind of yeah. forced into having to play that free. Looking forward to seeing him play on Thursday. But yeah, I think I think he'll dominate yeah. Thursday. The mentality on that on that lad is just something else, man. Ever since we found out he was tripping people up at secondary school in the hallways, <laughs> that's when new. That's when you know a player's going to make it. Um, this one comes from this one comes from Danny, and he asks with he, uh, and he asks with the new improvements in the squad. Do you expect the club's goals and expectancy for the season to have changed? Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, I kind of think the goals was always to win the Prem. Um, with the new signings, I don't know, you know. Um, I, I don't know, because the ambitions of the club, especially now with, you know, our, how consistent we've been and what we've won, it's kind of in itself, like, we're, we're always looking to be better and, and maintain this level. So I do think, especially with these signings, the intention was for us to maintain the level and to keep and to get higher. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's changed. I would say the signings just have just allowed more room for our ambitions to be achieved. I completely agree with that. Um, I think with Liverpool, 
expectations, even when we're shit, is to win the league. Even more I, now. I know exactly. It was, I know it wasn't. It was, it was top, top four for a hot, hot minute. <laughs> there's always that niggling, there's, always, there's all that niggling thing in the back of your mind where you're thinking Man, maybe this year is our year but it never was um, yeah I think the expectation obviously for this season definitely retain the league and for Europe I mean I think in my uh, pre-season prediction I say quarterfinals but kind of looking at the way we've got the squad now looking at all the, all the other teams around Europe I think semi-finals is fairly decent but again with Champions League I, I can never really tell how it will unfold until around about the quarterfinal stage, so there. Yeah. We haven't even bloody played a group group game yet, so let's wait. Let's just wait and see. Uh, this is the last one. This one comes from Boyum, and he asks, uh, with or without Klopp, how do you expect the club to maintain dominance slash success and not have to go for a rebuild like Barca or United? That's quite that is a question. It's really good. Uh, Barcelona, Barcelona got no money, and United look like a bloody clown factory. So Tay, I'll go to you on this one. I think it depends on the state that it's left in when Klopp actually leaves. Um, I can't imagine Klopp would leave us in a bad state. I think in, if, unless he like signs a contract extension, but when it gets closer to his time to leave, I think he will start thinking about how can I leave this in a good place for the next manager to come in and kind of pick up where we left off. Um, I don't think, well, I hope what happened to United doesn't happen to us where, Klopp leaves on a high and then every year after that it just gets worse and worse. <laughs> I, I, I feel that um, the club have a contingency plan and they probably have a model for picking a manager similar to, to what Klopp is. Obviously Klopp is one of one but I feel they'll be looking for a manager who can come in and, and develop players. Literally what they bought like Rodgers and they bought in Klopp. So I think they'll just keep on with that same model. Hopefully nothing happens and people start, because it's business and people start fighting, in-house fighting, hopefully everything is just mm-hmm. calm. So I, I feel that that's the model they're probably looking for. Just a, a young coach who can come in, who's innovative and he knows how to um, get the best out of players. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I do think with the hints that's coming out, you know, I think if we let who went to him, look, it's taking like a six-month sabbatical go and do something you want to do, put someone, put someone in temporary charge of the team and he comes back six months later, refreshed, renewed for a new challenge. I think that might be something he'd be, something he'd be open to, hopefully, touch wood. I never want to see him leave. I, you know what I mean? He's going there, he's like 90 years old, still coaching. <laughs> just, it's just an absolute bloke in here. It's hard not to love Jürgen Klopp. But yeah, so we've made it to the end of the pod. Thank you so much for joining us this week on this week's episode of Cop and Frackers, proudly, proudly powered by Social Media Group. Um, like what you hear and want to get a little bit more, so head over to our Patreon page. That is patreon.com forward slash Coffin Fracas. We've got a whole host of amazing content already on the Patreon page and a lot more stuff to come. So be on the lookout for that. So until next time, we will see you next week. Peace. Yeah, guys. Great.
Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at mrsmyers.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.